0: Right now, we do have in our studio, though, a special guest who will be uh, giving some presentations uh, coming up in the Northfield Public Library later on this week. Bill McGrath. Bill, thank you so much for coming in today. Glad to be here. You have an interesting story to tell, uh, and it's a, concerning your grandfather. And I guess, I'll, I, I guess I'll open up by asking you, what's this presentation going to be about? Explain a little bit of the history that's going to be accompanying that. Most of the older homes in Northfield
1: were built at least partially with white pine. That was the preferred lumber. And that white pine came primarily from northern Minnesota, some of it probably from Wisconsin, but it was very, very good construction material. Um, One of the cities most associated with the white pine would be Stillwater, and my grandfather was the last of the lumber barons uh, operating out of Stillwater and primarily making a lot of money off of the land that is just east of Mille Lacs Lake, Aiken County, you could say. He also was active in northern Wisconsin, but it's mostly the Snake River part of Aiken County that I'm going to be talking about Uh, during these these two presentations. One of them is Wednesday night um, 6 o'clock in the Northfield Public Library and the other one is going to be at 2 o'clock on Saturday at the Northfield Public Library. My grandfather uh, was the son of an Irish immigrant and came to Minnesota in uh, 1878 without much money and started at the bottom in the sawmills of Stillwater. There were nine sawmills there at that time. Um, And he uh, was a remarkable man who was able to make a lot of money, and he had 1,200 men working for him uh, at one time, probably more than that, actually, but that's a figure that I've seen uh, repeatedly. Up in this area of Aiken County on the Snake River, they would float these logs down the Snake down the St. Croix, and into the mills of Stillwater. Some of them probably went further than that. Uh, He bought one of the mansions in Stillwater, which is the house where I grew up. And this is a story that I would describe as being rags to riches to rags, because our family had a lot of money uh, right about 1900 up to about World War I. And then the money went away. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about uh, in the public library, these two presentations. Uh, he, had, uh, he was what, he, what we call a timber cruiser. And a timber cruiser was and is somebody who is able to look at a piece of wooded land, particularly a valuable forest, such as white pine and know that he can make money off of that land. He knows how to get the trees to uh... market which is not an easy matter when there are no roads no telephones no telegraphs even in that part of the state communication was was very meager so he did these wondrous things he had fifteen lumber camps with about seventy five men working uh, in the winter and floating the logs down the Snake River to the St. Croix River. Now, I want to be as objective about all this as I can. And so there are three aspects of my grandfather's career. The first of them has to do with whether he was making money off of stolen land. We hear Hmm. this term a lot, okay? Wow. And so this land up there had been uh, occupied. I will not say they were the land was owned by the Anishinaabe or the Ojibwe people. Um, and in 1837, a treaty was, was more or less signed with the Anishinaabe people and the federal government. Minnesota was not a state. Wisconsin was not a state but they had this treaty that they called the White Pine Treaty, 1837, and that was to facilitate the white settlers to come and cut down those trees, and that's what they did. Now, 65, 70 years later, my grandfather came on the scene on that same land up there, and he was the last of the lumber barons because he chose to go to a river, which is the Snake River, that other lumber people had passed by because it was small, crooked, very very tough to work with, and he developed some techniques to get the the, land, the logs out of there. But, whose land was it? How far back do you want to go to say, well this should not have happened, this treaty should not have been signed, or, and we're going to talk about that um, hmm. at these presentations. The second thing was that we all have heard of the Hinckley Fire, 1894. More than 400 people were killed in that fire, and there were other bad fires about that time Baudette, uh, Cloquet. And mm-hmm. one of the things that they have in common is that these lumber companies, like my grandfather, would cut down these beautiful white pine trees <laughs> and leave all this debris all over the place. And that's what caused these fires. Uh, So, to what extent was my grandfather involved in that practice? And, as a result of those fires, the Minnesota legislature, beginning around 1895, began to pass laws that would restrict the lumber industry for the first time. This was getting into the progressive era. And so my grandfather may have been one of several... Big lumber barons who were fighting against government restrictions. Interesting topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there were three areas that you'll Uh, be talking about. Well,
1: the third one was um, let me think of the third one here. Well, I guess the question of um, there was a sawmill that my grandfather built up in Aiken County, which was reputedly the largest sawmill at the time in Minnesota. And uh, he started this in about 1910, and in 1921 it burnt down. My grandfather was hauled into court uh, and basically accused of arson um, by a a forest ranger up there, and my, my grandfather was acquitted, of this. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't do it, but it means that he was acquitted. Um, so, that's another little controversy. <clears throat> Why did the sawmill burnt down? Um, and then finally, the question that I hope to answer at this presentation is whatever became of that fortune? Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in that mansion in Stillwater, and we had no money. We had an old Chevy, we never went on vacation. Uh, Wiener water soup, you could say. (laughs) Oh, boy. Not quite. We weren't eating squirrels or anything. (laughs) But uh, we were not a wealthy family, but we had this beautiful mansion with five fireplaces. Uh, The son of the vice president of the United States was married in that house. Wow. So it was a well-known, it's it's probably the only house in Stillwater that was owned by three different lumber barons. Mm -hmm. Probably the only one. And if you uh, are up in Stillwater and you're at the old courthouse, on the front porch of the courthouse, you're looking
0: right at our house. Wow. Right in the center of Stillwater. I'm going to have to check that next time I'm yep. in. A yep. C- couple of questions. Did you know your grandfather? Was he still alive during your lifetime?
1: He died in 1940, and I was born in 1952.
0: Okay uh how about uh you know the house you 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 were born all all the way from birth to you know through school years um
1: we had that house from 1900 until 1964 Mm -hmm. and in 1964 i was just entering high school so we moved out of that house when i was you know a young teenager
0: you know i mean thinking back you've obviously heard family stories uh you've obviously done some research along this as well do you think your grandfather from what you've seen and read is he somebody you would like would he be like a friend of yours Mm -hmm. if you were uh alive back then any idea i know that's kind of an odd question but uh, do you think you'd like him jeff always asks good questions (laughs) Um, and if that's something you don't want to
1: answer well the thing that I would answer there is that he was obviously a man of great people skills and um, his personality and his character have been described uh, by his daughter he had six kids and so this would be my aunt Helen she said that he was uh, very friendly, personable, soft-spoken, hard-working, uh, all these, you, know, sterling attributes, but because I never met him, I don't know. I think hmm. I, I probably would have uh, found him a fascinating guy, And then there are those three controversies involving the, the White Pine Treaty, stealing land. The leaving debris all over the place causing fires such as the Hinkley, and then this uh, the third thing of uh, uh his sawmill burning down mm-hmm. in
0: 1921. Wow, a man of I guess somewhat mystery to those who are living a century later, but uh, fascinating story. Well, lots of people in, in Northfield are living in houses built with white mm-hmm. pine, and it
1: it didn't come from you know, Iowa, it came from. The Mississippi River or the St.
0: Croix River, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Bill McGrath is our guest. Uh, Once again, those uh, presentations at the Northfield Library are 6 o'clock tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and then again Saturday afternoon, this coming Saturday uh, at 2 p.m. Bill, is there anything else you'd like to add to this?
1: No. uh, We do ask that people go to the Northfield Public Library site and then click on Events, and then click on Calendar and Register. Nothing bad will happen if you just show up, but they would like to know how many people so they can arrange the chairs and so on.
0: All right. Sounds good. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bill McGrath, once again, local resident, and those uh, talks are going on Wednesday night and Saturday afternoon. That's all the time we have. The show is over. It's straight up nine o'clock. Jeff, getting out of here. Hope y'all have a, a very good day. Stay tuned. Chamber Chat is coming up next, featuring uh, Lisa Peterson, Northfield Area Chamber of Commerce uh, Executive Director, also Rich Larson as her co-host, and uh, Dave Nuker will be today's guest on Chamber Chat. So, thanks for tuning us in. Have a good day. At Johnson Ryland Homes, we're doing a lot of barrier-free homes lately. Some people call it age in place or universal design. The idea is is that we build a beautiful home that meets all your needs today, but as you age and your mobility changes, that there's no steps, no stairs, no barriers in the house. The showers are recessed so that you can just roll right in hit our website today jrbr.builders or give us a call 507-366-1288 johnson ryland builders and remodelers where custom built homes meet your budget and your dreams the northfield lions club would like to pause to thank their sponsors The Northfield Lions have been serving the community for over 100 years, donating time and resources to causes like the Sight First Vision Project, a wide range of youth programs and mentoring projects like our Leos program, and lending support to many other local charities. Without our sponsor's support, these efforts wouldn't get the help they need and deserve. The Northfield Lions Club would like to thank John Snodgrass of Edward Jones, Kryn and Dale Finger, Firehouse Liquor, Ransom Bank and & Trust, and the law firm of Grundhofer & Ludischer. If you're looking for the best barbecue ribs, roasted chicken, or flame-broiled burgers, look no further than the Quarterback Club in Northfield. The Quarterback Club offers a great menu with many delicious options. Be sure to take advantage of their daily specials. Today, Tuesday, is a hot beef commercial, including mashed potatoes, gravy, and vegetable. There is a different special every day. Always available for